Good morning. And welcome on this fourth Sunday of Advent. And as Anna can tell you, that means that Santa's coming soon, huh, Anna? <laughs> okay, I ask everyone to please stand and join us to sing hymn 497.
service of Holy Eucharist Rite 2 continues on the first page of our service booklet, or for those who wish to follow in the Book of Common Prayer on page 355. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Conscience, Almighty God, by your daily visitation, that your Son Jesus Christ at his coming may find in us a mansion prepared for himself, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. The first reading, Isaiah 7. 10 through 16. Again the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol, or as high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to, to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary mortals, that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child, and shall bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil 
and choose the good, the land before whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted. The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord, sorry. Thanks be to God. One, one through seven. Paul, a servant of, Christ, of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart from the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophet in the Holy Scriptures, the gospel concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared the to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name, including yourselves who are called to be to belong to Jesus Christ, to all God's beloved in Rome, who are called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I can't even remember it. The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God.
Our sequence hymn this morning is hymn 265. We'll sing the first three verses prior to the reading of the gospel, the fourth after. Please stand and join in singing hymn 265. <laughs> Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Christ. 
God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. For those who know me, what they know about me is basically one thing, and that is I am a perseverator. What that means is that if anything gets under my skin or is bugging at me, it goes round and round and round through my head, and no matter who you are, you most likely are going to hear about it over and over again. Now, Maureen might tell you that is probably the worst of my characteristics and one that bothers her the most, or to say the most annoying of my characteristics. But on some level, I've also perceived it over time as one of my greatest spiritual failings. And although there are many mental health workers out there who tell me there are drugs for this issue, I can assure you there is not enough Ritalin or Adderall to conquer this one. But for many of us, we have grown up being told, don't worry. Let God take care of it. Many uh, spiritual directors who, when I've gone into their office and I am perseverating on something, have always said something like this to me. says, Craig, you know, you've got to take this and just place it at the foot of the cross and let Jesus take care of it. My favorite came from a Franciscan friar in Boston who said, Craig, this is what I want you to do when you're perseverating over something. Visualize in your head that you are sitting on the banks of the Charles River and just pick up a stone and let all that worry go into the stone and then take it and throw it into the river. That worked wonder wonderfully until I closed my eyes again and dove in after it and took it out so I could spend more time perseverating. But it seems that we do have this concept in our life that somehow, with Christ in our lives, we shouldn't have to have worries. With Christ in our lives, if we can just simply take all of our concerns and hand them over to Christ or to God directly, however you want to see it. We're supposed to be able to leave it there and walk away. But what I have discovered in my life is the fact that no matter how much I can hand my issues over to God and say, God, I'll let you take care of them. The fact remains to this day, as much as I pray for God to hand over my mother's Alzheimer's and take care of it, she still has Alzheimer's. No matter how much I put the worry about family discord to God, there is still family discord. And no matter how much I want to hand over the loss and the hurt and all those other parts of my life, as soon as I hand them over, they're still there. And maybe this is because we've been handed really bad concept of what God is about. If we look at today's gospel, 
What we hear is Matthew's rendering of the birth of Jesus. Now, many of us may not have realized that because with Matthew, the story of Christ's birth goes so fast that if you blink, you've missed it. Unlike Luke, who goes on for pages. But at the end of the gospel, who is Jesus told to be? Jesus is Emmanuel. God is with us. Not Jesus is with some fancy Jewish or Hebrew word, God who is over there to dump and run to. Or is God just something over there in the sky? But it is God who is with us. And in recent months, I've come to the conclusion that being told to take your worries and problems and hand them over to God is really not what it's about. Because if we believe in a God who is with us, we also need to understand that it is not a God who takes our problems and runs with them for us, but a God who we are called to invite in to our darkness, into our sorrow, into our very problems, and to allow that light to shine within it. We are called to allow God to be God with us, in us, and for us. And if we look at the gospel readings, it seems to be very much this is what the writers are driving at. For if we look at the whole of Matthew's first chapter that we have this morning, move up to the beginning part, we get Christ's genealogy. Now, it sounds wonderful. Jesus, through David, or through Joseph, has a wonderful genealogy. He is of the royal house of David. Sounds very impressive, doesn't it? It wasn't very impressive by the time Jesus got there, trust me. Joseph was but a carpenter. Mary, but a lowly young woman. They lived in a world, in a context, that was ridden with corruption and abuse and captivity. If we go through Matthew's genealogy, what is so impressive about that genealogy, it doesn't give you the good, but it gives you the bad as well. It talks about Solomon being part of that genealogy. Solomon is the result of the relationship between King David and Bathsheba. Tamar, a woman who prostituted herself, her offspring is part of that genealogy. And even when we get to this morning's passage, the story opens up, not with glad tidings, but with scandal. Mary is unwed and with child. And so what Matthew tells us in this morning's gospel is that it is not into the clean, pure, and wonderful spaces that God enters into, but God enters into the good, the bad, and the ugly. And somehow, through all that, makes God's presence known. 
if we look at the birth narrative that we will hear next week on Christmas Eve from Luke. Where does God enter this world? Not in Herod's palace or in Rome, but in Bethlehem, in a barn, among the animals, to a couple who nobody would honor or respect enough or show compassion to give them a room worthy of someone to give birth to new life. God comes into the darkness, the dirt, and the grime of our lives. And I love St. John's prologue in which he says, the light has entered the darkness. Now he doesn't go on to say that the darkness has, or the light has absorbed all of that darkness, but he says he has come into the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome the light. God comes to be with us, to be there with us, companioning us, comforting us, and offering hope in the darkest of our moments, in our times of loneliness and despair and in loss. And I know as we move through the coming week, we carry with us oftentimes this heavy burden and desire for this most wonderful and perfect day. And we are reminded oftentimes of how imperfect our lives are with every Christmas card we get, with photographs of wonderfully well-polished and clean children, everyone in matching outfits, in this moment of familial unity. Or we go on to social media to see all the wonderful things everybody else out there is doing and somehow leads us to believe that we have missed the train in this life. But the fact of the matter is those are all the illusions of life, just like those wonderful reminiscent annual Christmas letters we got from everyone who told of how wonderful and great each child was doing and how perfect their lives were. Yes, they too, like each and every one of us here, move towards Christmas with the hope of perfection, but knowing somehow Norman Rockwell portrayed the last perfect Christmas in one of his paintings, and our lives are what they are, messy, chaotic, with moments of joy and unity and moments of hurt and loss. And so as we journey these final days of Advent in expectation of Christ's birth, I ask us to do one thing. Put away the Christmas cards. Turn off social media. And open your heart and your souls and your minds to let God in. Not just in where it is joyous, but where the pain is. Let God be part of your sorrow, your loneliness, and your hurt. So that on Christmas Day, the light of the Christ child can shine forth 
the hope that God brings us each year. Amen. I invite you to please stand and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. In peace we pray to you, Lord God, for all people in their daily life and work, for our families, friends, and neighbors, and for those who are alone, for this community, the nation, and the world, for all who work for justice, freedom, and peace, for the just and proper use of your creation, for the victims of hunger, fear, injustice, and oppression, for all who are in danger, sorrow, or any kind of trouble, for those who minister to the sick, the friendless, and the needy, for the peace and unity of the Church of God, for all who proclaim the gospel and all who seek the truth, for Michael, our presiding bishop, and Nicholas, our bishop, and for all bishops and other ministers, for all who serve God in his church, for the special needs and concerns of this congregation. In our parish cycle of prayer, we pray for Lynn Phipps, Ed Pigeot, and Deb Heji Pigeot, and David, Eileen, and Liam Pochedley. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we pay, pray for St. Thomas Alton and St. Thomas Greenville. Hear us, O Lord. For your mercy is great. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings of this life. And we give thanks for the successful surgery for Kathy. We will exalt you, O God, our King. And praise your name forever and ever. We pray for all who have died, that they may have a place in your eternal kingdom. Lord, let your loving kindness be upon them. Who put their trust in you. We pray to you also for the forgiveness of our sins. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed 
by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name, amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Peace be with you. A couple of uh, announcements this morning. Uh, first, a note from Bob Mankey, our stewardship chairman. Uh, he wants to say, he, on his behalf, we say thank you to everyone who has gotten their pledge cards in so far. It has been a wonderful response this year so far. 76 pledge cards have been received out of about 100, and we have um, pledged a total of $198,000 with a goal this year of 120000 so I want to say thank you to everyone for their generosity and for making Bob's job this much easier this year. If you still have not had a chance to submit a pledge card, uh, I'd like to say there are more pledge cards in the back, but we're out. Simply um, give the office a call. We can send a pledge card out to you, or we can fill out a pledge card over the phone with you. The other thing he's asked is that one thing that we've noticed is that those who give by electronic giving oftentimes assume that we know that either you're going to continue your pledge or increase it. Unfortunately, Vanco doesn't tell us that. So if you are planning to continue your pledge through electronic giving, uh, it would be helpful if you would take a moment and fill out a pledge card just to let us know that that is your intent. So those, that is stewardship. Again, everyone, thank you so much. It's been a wonderful stewardship season so far, and we appreciate everyone's cooperation and help and generosity. Also, a thank you to everyone who has put in for flower memorials for Christmas Eve. The list went up on um, the e-net. It's also back there. If you have put in for a flower memorial, please check the list to make sure that we received it and that we have the information accurate. Also, if you have not had a chance to put in a donation for flower memorials or Thanksgiving, and for music as well. I should say part of it is for music. Uh, there are forms in the back of the church. Uh, fill one out and just simply hand it to the usher. Uh, and if you don't have a check with you, you can always send that in at a later moment. And again, a thank you to everyone who has submitted them so far. Um, all of your cooperation this year has made the office job that much easier and less stressful as we go into the home stretch. Saturday is Christmas Eve, and while I know Santa Claus will be coming for Anna at some point that night, we have three services on Christmas Eve. We have a four o'clock service, which is our children's service. It's designed for really small preschool children. It's a half hour flat, um, and the homily is, let's sing happy birthday to Jesus. So uh, if that's your level, you're more than welcome to come. But if you're looking for something a little bit on a higher level than that, probably not a good service to come to. Uh, 
Then we have a 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. services. Both of them are Holy Eucharist Rite 2 with full choral music, uh, timpani, brass. Is there a flute this year? And a flute. So um, I don't know. I think there's a song coming in there with um, 12 Days of Christmas and the instruments. But it's going to be a full and wonderful um, both uh, liturgical event and musical service as well. So um, those are our services at 6 and 10 p.m. And then on Christmas Day, we do have a 10 a.m. service. It is a simple service, very similar to our 8 o'clock service, solemn mass. We do offer two verses of favorite Christmas carols with the piano um, on that morning. So much simpler, easier service. So that is our rota of services that day. So those are my announcements at this time. Are there any other announcements that I may be missing? Argentina is winning by two in the World Cup. Okay, Argentina is winning by two in the World Cup. I'm not sure I should be happy that you knew that or not, but we'll go for that. <laughs> On that note, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us in offering and sacrifice to God.
always and everywhere to give thanks to you. Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, because you have sent your beloved Son to redeem us from, from sin and death and to make us heirs in him of everlasting life that when he shall come again in power and great triumph to judge the world, we may without shame or fear rejoice to behold his appearing. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. We give thanks to you, O God, for the goodness and love which you've made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your words spoken through the prophets, and above all, in the word made flesh, Jesus, your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil, and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he'd given thanks to you, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, we await his coming in glory, and we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ, and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, 
and bring us to that heavenly country where with the blessed virgin mary joseph peter our patron and all your saints we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters through jesus christ our lord the firstborn of all creation the head of the church and the author of our salvation by him and with him and in him in the unity of the holy spirit all honor and glory is yours almighty father now and forever As our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. <clears throat> Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
almighty and ever-living God, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. May Almighty God, by whose providence our Savior Christ came among us in great humility, sanctify you with the light of his blessing, and set you free from all sin. Amen. Amen. May he whose second coming in power and great glory we await, make you steadfast in faith, joyful in hope, and constant in love. May you who rejoice in the first advent of our Redeemer, at his second advent, be rewarded with unending life. Amen. Amen. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Please stand and join together in singing hymn 54.